0: Talky, flocky, flippy, floppy, yippy, yappy. Talky, flocky, flippy, floppy. I like it. Is it going to be? I mean, is it all right? Does I'll it, fix I have it in post. Be?
1: I have no- Welcome to episode 41 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. It has been another week and another podcast for your very ears. We are happy, so happy to deliver. We're so happy that you elected to download the podcast and join us for this episode. Uh, I am, of course, Gary. How are you, James? James? I'm
0: doing well, my friend. And how
1: are you? Um, I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm feeling all right. Oh, um, actually, I'm a, little, I'm a little hot, which is very surprising because it's been so cold here. And now all of a sudden it's very, very hot. And then I think tomorrow it's going to get very cold again. And my poor brain is so very confused
0: it's not just you man it's uh mother nature's just screwing with us over here on the east coast because january on average is very very cold in new york and exactly i think as the, the recording of this podcast it was around the low 50s or thereabouts or high 40s it was in and the 60s today and it really got that warm while. yeah
1: and like this past weekend you know we're recording on thursday on sunday it was like 18 degrees i don't get it
0: after a bit of a snow flurry, too, we had a few inches of yeah, snow. Yeah, we got a few inches yeah. of
1: snow. It was crazy.
0: I don't know, man. Uh,
1: pick, pick,
0: just pick a season, please.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, the People need to know how to maintain their rinks. Exactly. You know, hockey is a cold-weather sport.
0: Unless Mother Nature just wants us all to have pneumonia and be done with it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, that's unfortunate. But uh, enough out of us. Why don't we... Jump right into the starting lineup so we can get started. And for tonight's starting lineup, as always, I am your American Rhino, number 35, Gary McComiskey, in goal and on defense.
0: I'm number four, James Sejazi.
1: All right. So, James, how's everything going?
0: It's going well, and uh, we'll get... Into that more as the podcast progresses so um, would like to let everybody know what is on deck if possible.
1: Oh I would be my sincere pleasure to have you tell us what's on
0: deck. Thank you, sir. Thank you, you James. A player is not supposed to leave the bench unless his coach says it's okay. No no, so no I'm sorry you, I'm, I, I,
1: I didn't mean no. to throw you for a loop. I usually give you the go ahead and, and I just I was remiss in doing so tonight but but please go right out there and tell us what's on
0: deck if you would. Thank you sir. Yo. Hello goodbye. The NHL regular season is a grind, plain and simple, and forget about the Stanley Cup playoffs. But even supermen need recovery time. So starting this season, the league finally implemented the much needed time off with a bye week for each team. Dreams do come true. You had to have a most epic New Year's Eve to even compete with what George Alves did. And easy there, Junior. War words, incredible. Gary and I will do a quick review of the amazing World Junior Championship Tournament won by Team USA. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. Thank you for the opportunity. Now,
1: before we go on and, and really dig deep into the podcast, there is, of course, something. If you are a hockey fan in New York, especially a Rangers fan, you know that this past week we unfortunately lost detective Stephen mcdonald who if you're not aware was a nypd detective who 30 years ago got unfortunately shot in the line of duty became a quadriplegic confined to a wheelchair and rather than letting that sour his outlook on life he instead became an ambassador for the nypd he was an incredible inspirational guy he forgave the guy who shot him and crippled him and he uh, the the hockey connection is that the rangers the new york rangers were so inspired by his story and his uh, fight that they developed something called the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award that they have given out every year since the nineteen eighty seven season. And that goes to not the the highest scorer or the you know best player. It goes to the Ranger every year, the Ranger who is voted by the fans as going above and beyond. the the, the one who's displayed the most effort on a team, the standout, because that spirit is emblematic of the spirit that Detective Steve McDonald embodied every day um, he He was in, an incredible person, his son could easily have seen his father in the state that he was in and decided the last thing he wanted was anything to do with the city, but he followed instead in his footsteps, and he also became an NYPD officer and it's just the 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 whole family is uh really remarkable and the rangers hockey new york everybody has really lost a true hero this week so we just wanted to take a minute or a few minutes here at the top of the show to acknowledge him on behalf of James and myself we'd, we'd like to pray for the family and for the soul of detective mcdonald and it's uh it's it's a dark dark week i guess we've lost one of the good ones
0: all right uh yeah thank you very much for that mr gary Maxer. we did post stuff on our facebook page as well and uh the american rhino even left a uh, heartfelt farewell on our uh, facebook page as well i believe twitter too for uh the late detective mcdonald rest in peace and yeah just to reiterate what gary said we lost a fellow great ranger fan a big met fan uh, wonderful police officer he was graduated to detective and just a wonderful guy all around and, and, and above, above all, an excellent Catholic. And as Gary again said, the greatest thing I think he did besides that wonderful attitude he had and the example that he led was being able to forgive somebody who didn't even seek forgiveness. That did something so unnecessarily despicable against him and his family, too. He wasn't even on the force for two years. It was like a few days before his second anniversary of being a police officer and so on and so forth. So, uh, yeah, like Gary said, we lost a good one. So heaven up there. Detective McDonald, I hope you're uh, standing proud and tall and we appreciate the example that you led. And the New York Rangers, I tip my cap to them for being uh, so embracing of him. And uh, appreciative of his being such a huge, huge, devoted Ranger fan that he was and incorporating his great life for everybody to know and see, especially not only New Yorkers, but everybody around the country. So thanks for that, Mr. Gary Maxer, and God bless the McDonald family.
1: Thank you, James.
0: But sure. So uh, from there, we'll try and lighten things up a little bit. But, yeah. you know, uh, you know, Gary and I try and be as honest and fair as we can on this podcast and that's something that's near and dear to our hearts, and we feel very deeply about too. So we just wanted to share that with everybody who may have not been aware of uh, Mr. McDonald's passing. So, but um, on the other hand, to get back to the podcast at, at hand, I guess uh, how many times can you say the word "hand"? But <laughs> speaking um,
1: of the Rangers, James,
0: yeah, that too. The uh, this season has been kind of unique in that the World Cup of Hockey was this year, and they purposely scheduled that to coincide with the preseason and then going to the regular season of the NHL. We have the All-Star break coming up in a couple of weeks. And uh, also on the other level, which we'll get into later, the the Junior World Championships were going on and stuff. But uh, for the NHLers, and this not being uh, an Olympic year, the World Cup was pretty intense and added on to an already very difficult NHL grind of a schedule. So Gary pointed this out too, and we both kind of heard about this officially th- at the same time. A couple of years ago, it was implemented in a rule that the players union was granted this buy, so five days off in a row, for every team in the NHL. And uh, it's a guaranteed five days off too. It's They don't even have practices during that time. So it's specifically designed... And every NHL player and deck hockey player, too, for that matter, plays with a nagging injury of some sort. And the schedule is rough and tough. Yeah. OK, people look on the outside, looking in, and say, oh, they only play three times a week or whatever. But you try it. You know, <laughs> hockey's intense. It doesn't let up. These guys are in phenomenal shape. And the travel on top of everything else is is not that easy either, especially if you have back-to-back games or if you're playing an afternoon game and then you have a night game, this, that, and the other thing. So it all adds up. So the league finally implemented the five guaranteed days off for each team in agreement of the new current three-on-three all-star game format.
1: Yeah, so, so basically yeah. You, you may not have known this if your team has not had their buy yet. So as James and I didn't know this for, so let's rewind to last weekend. Uh, I read it in the paper, James saw it at the end of the, the range last Ranger game, but basically what happened is uh, we were, we were sitting there and it says, Oh, the Rangers are entering their bye week this week. And it's like, well, huh? so, you know, a hockey, if you're a hockey fan, you know, your football teams get a buy if they're good for the playoffs or, or, you know, at, at some point in the season, they get a buy too. So just it's they get a week off. You know, football is not hockey. Hockey teams don't get a bye week or do they? So, (laughs) as James said, rewind back to last year before last season. What happened was when the league wanted to switch to this three on three all star format and they also wanted to do the World Cup of Hockey before this season. The players union said, okay, well, you got to give us something. So they negotiated that they'd have this bye week inserted into their schedule. So now every NHL team between now and, well, I guess early January and the end of February, every team in the NHL is going to get a week off at some point during that stretch. So, you know, I, I think it's good for the league, honestly. As James, you were saying, the nagging injuries. And honestly, I think you can get mentally burned out just as much as you get physically beat up. You know, having that just that one week to decompress, spend time with your family, spend time, you know, at Disney World or wh- whatever you want to do, just unwind. I think that can work wonders. It's not long enough for you to really get cold and l- lose your edge, but it's enough time that you can recharge the batteries a little bit and get your head back in the game. So, you know, good for the league, good for the players union, good for everybody. And I'm I'm glad the NHL implemented this and I hope it continues going forward whether there's a World Cup or or whether they change the All-Star format or what.
0: Yeah, I completely agree because it's a well-timed point for the bye weeks as well because as uh, the All-Star game is coming up, so hopefully you get a few days off there with the exception of the players participating in the all-star game and the skills competitions and such, but to get that mindset and get ready for the postseason stretch. Because if you do get to the Stanley cup playoffs, it's two months, two solid months of competition and an extremely high level of competition as well. If you're lucky enough or good enough or all of the above to get to the Stanley cup finals, it's, it's two months. So, In order to get there, you have to qualify for it. So a lot of teams on the cusp, either looking for home ice advantage or just trying to get into the postseason at all, they just put the pedal to the metal. And like we said, these guys are supermen. They're in the best shape in the world, but they're human beings. And hopefully they're not juicing or doing any of that cheating stuff. Uh, You can only do so much. And the body needs rest. rest. You need to sleep. That's part of the way the human body works naturally. So – Absolutely, I, I agree. And and to Gary's great point about the mental recovery as well, as us being Ranger fans, Gary and I, we could even see it in the team, and I'm sure everybody saw it in, in your team as well, as recently as a couple of weeks ago, that there were a couple of back-to-back blowout losses that the Rangers suffered, and they were kind of out of the blue, you know? You could just see that they didn't have their legs under them, or Lundqvist was a bit off, and then they responded big time coming back because they're professionals and they have pride and stuff like that, but... Exactly, it's way too much to ask these guys to to go through an entire 82 game season with the World Cup included and the All-Star break and then try and participate for the Stanley Cup finals. It's it's not it's not humanly possible.
1: I would also argue that aside from the physical rest and recharge that these guys get and mental rest and recharge, benefit that they get from that. I would argue that this is going to lead to a higher level of competition at the end of the season because coaches are going to feel less inclined or, or perhaps uh better way of saying it is they won't feel the pressure as much to rest their guys at the end of the season because... A lot of times what you see, if there's a team that has a comfortable point lead, then the last few games of the season, they're going to sit their top stars. And maybe they don't win a game that they otherwise would have won. And a lot of times those teams wind up playing just by chance, a team that's on the bubble. So I think this is also going to have kind of a butterfly effect on... The teams that make the playoffs. So it's not going to allow the teams that are just kind of squeaking in by luck. It's going to wind up being the best teams that wind up making the playoffs, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. And I agree that that should benefit that as well. And even from a fan point of view, too, if you're going, if you know you have tickets for the last couple of games of the season and maybe your team is going to the playoffs or maybe they're not, if they are going to the playoffs, exactly, chances are that their stars will be rested and then you paid all that money and you're not seeing your favorite player or something like that. But what it's more important about is any NHL fan would trade in not seeing his favorite player live for a Stanley Cup run, if oh, not winning the Cup too. But anyway, so just to give you an idea for the tri-state area, for the three teams over here in the New York, New Jersey area, the New York Islanders had their bye week in January 1st through the 5th. The New York Rangers have their bye week at the recording of this podcast from January 8th through the 12th and the new jersey devils will have their bye week on february 7th which happens to be my niece's birthday through february 11th so you got that to uh look forward to or at least be warned about so all the teams have them and uh i think it's i agree with gary i think it's nothing but good that they have implemented a bye week much deserved bye week for the nhl
1: do you happen to have the kings bye week for our good buddy mike
0: excellent point i'm glad you brought that up and i do as a matter of fact that will be february 10th through the 14th
1: all right so there you go mike you can get some sleep that week well said (laughs) uh the kings being a west coast team uh uh, mike doesn't get uh get to sleep (laughs) very much on the nights when the kings are playing at home so or or or, you know in their their division so uh there you go. You have that to look forward to. It'll be a happy Valentine's Day cuz you can sleep in. And you'll be happy. That. Your girlfriend, your your fiance, right? Are they aren't they engaged? Mike, I'm so sorry. I don't remember. Yes. I think I believe I think yes. they are. Yeah, okay. Yes. You and your lady friend will be happy and and everybody will be happy. All right. Fantastic. As well as the liquor. Yeah. <laughs> cuz you'll uh, be nice and rested for our games. Uh, hey, I wanted to bring this up. It's just something that occurred to me. Regarding deck hockey, there's a lot of leagues that don't have – I mean, obviously, deck hockey isn't played at the level of the NHL, but there's a lot of leagues that don't have that much – that kind of long rest period between seasons. I was just talking to my buddy Anthony the other day, and there was like two weeks between the championship game in his, in the league that he plays in and the start of the next season. So – You know, I I wonder, see, it's hard because the NHL is just one regulated body and they have a set season. Deck hockey leagues, you know, it's whenever you can get it in and whenever it's convenient, whenever the facility is available, blah, blah, blah. There's so many different factors with so many different leagues. But I wonder, it's not something you could really enforce. But I, I think, you know, especially given the weekend warrior aspect to deck hockey, I think kind of a mandatory rest period or you know, even a bye week in your season, something like that, I think that could really benefit your everyday player too. I don't know if these arenas where the games are hosted would be willing to implement something like that because it could be a potential loss of revenue for them. But I think uh, health-wise, that could definitely benefit guys like us as well.
0: Yeah, great point because we do get hurt as well. I mean, how many times have you heard Gary talk about the many – ailments that he's had to deal with and still play at the top level that he does. And he doesn't complain about it. There's a whine about it. He just deals with it. And away you go. And, and we all have had injuries here or there or twisting an ankle or uh, whatever. So yeah, it, it, we only get maybe a quarter of the time to play as another professional or whatever the case is, but we going to our day jobs, if you will, all of that stuff does add up. So, uh, yeah, our yeah. level
1: of conditioning isn't nearly as high and I would say in most cases. Obviously, some some leagues are pretty serious and you get like your your CrossFit nuts and your really well conditioned teenagers, not teenagers, but well, maybe in some cases. Yeah. But you know, you're your young guys who can really go, but I think the majority of us are probably guys like us who just, you know, do it aren't in bad shape, but but necessarily but uh aren't in peak physical condition either so i think something like that would be even more helpful for for guys like us but maybe i'm just being selfish
0: no that's a great point too one of the things with like gary's excellent catchphrase don't be that guy is you're playing deck hockey for a reason because we're not nhlers for one thing and, and a lot of people aren't able to skate either rollerblade or ice skate so you can play deck hockey though and uh right if, if we were professional athletes we would be doing something else for a living you know so it's true
1: yeah all right and speaking of people who are not professional athletes that wind up doing something else for a living why don't you tell us about that magical new year's eve that you mentioned earlier james
0: Yeah, this is a man that's uh, taken a page from your heart, too, as a matter of fact. Uh, Mr. George Alves is the equipment manager for the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, he's now referred to as equipment manager slash turned emergency backup slash turned starter. Wow. Yeah, pretty, pretty incredible. (laughs) New Year's Eve magic.
1: Yeah, really. I hope he didn't drop the ball.
0: Oh, <laughs> <bro>! oh! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, they, that that's fine, that's fine. Um the Carolina Hurricanes were playing the Tampa Bay Lightning in Tampa on New Year's Eve of uh, 2016 going into this year 2017, just to clarify. And um the Cam Ward was out with an injury. So their regular backup, Eddie Lack, was sick in the afternoon. So being in Tampa, they didn't have a team affiliate close enough to get one of their goalies to come up and be the third stringer emergency goalie. The rule of the NHL, as Gary had stated in the past, is that you have to have at least one backup goalie, if not two, you know, like the emergency one, if the backup gets hurt or whatever the case is. So the backup goalie was out. So now it fell on Mr. Alves' shoulders, who is the – his day job is the equipment manager. So what happened was there was just 7.6 seconds left in the game when the backup goalie for Carolina got hurt and Eddie Lack wasn't around. So obviously Cam Ward wasn't there and Mr. Alves was dressed just in case (laughs) 7.6 seconds left in the game. So he was going back to the locker room to do his equipment manager job when he got a tap on the shoulder or at least a yell to come back from his head coach saying, we need you (laughs) gear up and get in there. (laughs) So hastily, Mr. Alves signed a $500 contract. I think he did it over his phone somehow, (laughs) When modern technology is amazing. So he signed the contract, 500 bucks, to be an official NHLer and Carolina Hurricane, he got his own official jersey, which he got to keep, number forty. But the best part—and this is really, Gary—you're going to love this more than anything else: the mask he wore, yeah. he painted himself.
1: So I have a question. So he's the equipment manager. Does that mean he had to stitch his own jersey?
0: He probably did. <laughs> uh, they, they didn't. I didn't hear that, but it would make sense. He's the equipment manager, so sure.
1: Now the painted mask is that like something he just had laying around or did he do it up just for the occasion?
0: I th- well he does he did participate in practices with the hurricanes so right. he has his own gear and I'm assuming that he had because the the mask is really well done and well painted it's a professional mm-hmm. looking mask as your own. <laughs>
1: yeah, so, but, yeah, nobody's yeah. going to look at my mask up close and think it was professionally done but carry on.
0: All right. But uh, so, yeah, he he was ready to go. So he he did. He does face practice shots and things like that. So, right. right. It it was an official good NHL quality mask that he has used in the past. I'm assuming or logically that would make sense. So he was good to go. He didn't just have to paint it up or or do anything special with it. It was there and and uh, he was in there. So seven point six seconds better than I'll ever get that he actually got to face NHL ice time.
1: All right. Well, did he give up any goals in that seven point six seconds? He did not. And he stoned I
0: him. Think, yeah. I, I, yeah. His save percentage is a thousand. No All one. Right. Uh, the defense stepped up for him and you know uh, made sure that there were no clear shots on him. So the the, the funny thing was, he, he George was quoted as saying that you know everybody dreams about this. He's dreamt about it. Sure. And uh, but when it happened, he just went blank. You know. So at least that's the benefit of having youtube and and so many people with cell phones and things and modern technology of uh recording every little thing of everybody's life uh, and especially in the nhl so i guess he's able to relive it with some footage from all of the news feeds and and the nhl network and such so great story and and like we said you know as long as you keep Working hard, keep hope alive, you never know. So maybe your uh, your chance will come.
1: Yeah, plus he wasn't really in there long enough to get scouted. So if he has to step in there again, he's he's got a pretty good chance at uh, nobody knowing his weaknesses.
0: Yeah, right. It's, that's true. So <laughs> good to have a secret weapon or two on your bench. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's like, uh, oh, you haven't seen the Mighty Ducks, so I can't, whatever. Ne- never what? mind. Forget it.
0: Don't waste it on me. I mean, I'm sure people out there have seen the duck. So go, go for it. No, there was a, it was, it was, it was stupid
1: anyway. It's one of these, Uh. these examples of, you know, a, a dumb thing that happens in a movie that could never, ever, ever happen in real life. But at one point, like late in the game, the, the whole team huddles in the middle of the ice and like, whatever. And. Then they they go out and it's revealed that they actually switched out the goalie for one of their best shooters. So the goalie has the puck and then suddenly rips off the mask and takes a shot and scores the game winning or tying or whatever I don't remember goal. And it's you know it's but the secret weapon is what I was saying. You know, gotcha. Uh it wasn't worth it. Let let's just move on.
0: Pardon my ignorance.
1: No, no, it's fine. All right. What what else? Uh... <laughs> Speaking of youngsters playing hockey, <laughs> James, it's yeah. like I've always said on this podcast, if you don't have a segue,
0: make one. That was brilliant. There was another great save on your part, yeah, man. I loved right. it so yeah in case you haven't heard we mentioned it last broadcast or last edition of hit the deck because as we were recording the game was going on but team usa has won the 2016 2017 world junior championships in <laughs> absolutely Darn. they did it in spectacular fashion being a perfect 7-0 and winning two of the game at least two of the games not counting the gold medal game in overtime and shootouts and uh, to get to the final game with their perfect 7-0 and record, they knocked off, for the first time ever, uh, Russia in a playoff round. So they just went uphill as steep as it could get, and they met every challenge and overcame it with flying colors. Really an incredible tournament, a great team to watch, a lot of good young guys out there, hopefully, that will be in the NHL soon. And we have made some notes of uh, some local guys or at least the the kids that were on the team in local area of where Gary and I are and or are drafted by the teams in the tri-state area, i.e. the Rangers, Devils and the Islanders. So a couple of kids from Long Island were on the team, a couple of defensemen. Thank you very much. Just want to get that out there (laughs) in – Joe Ciccone and the alternate captain, Charlie McAvoy. Nice. So, uh, yeah, they, they were I believe they grew up together, too. They were good friends. So the two Long Island guys on Team USA and the Islanders and Devils each have a forward on Team USA in Kiefer Bellows and Joey Anderson, respectively, Islander and Devil. So two guys to look forward to for our friends over there who root for the Islanders and the Devils. Getting to the final was remarkable but the game itself the gold medal game uh, team USA had to overcome two two goal deficits so twice they were down two nothing they were down by two goals once they were down two nothing and then they were down 4 to 2 with around 5 minutes to play in the third period so they were it looked like it was in the bag for Canada so miraculously team USA tied it with about 3 minutes left and then overtime was simply heart-stopping both goalies were absolutely fantastic And it's a case where it's a shame that one team has to lose because they both played so well. And uh, for the record, I'm not a fan of determining something so important on shootouts. Uh, I'm speaking as a soccer fan, too, in this aspect, like the World Cup and things like that. When when the stakes are so high and teams are playing so well and you're so evenly matched and the sport is just at its zenith that's just played to perfection and what you dream about and why you play and why you watch and all that stuff to be determined on on chance especially for soccer because the goalie basically has no chance whatsoever yeah in in hockey it's a little bit more of an even battle but still making it boiling it down to just one-on-one when it's not natural if it's a breakaway fine that's one thing but or even uh, even a penalty shot but to determine it on shootouts is, is, is quite sad but
1: yeah well y- yeah I mean it, it's it's luck. I mean, speaking from experience, a shootout is luck. You know, it's, it's, you just have to, well, it's not entirely luck. There is skill involved because it's kind of a chess match between the goalie and the shooter. But really, it's, it's, if the goalie can stay with the shooter and force him or her to not, make a great shot you know just shoot it into a place where the goalie can cover i mean this sounds obvious and it is but then the goalie stops the puck if the shooter can either fake out the goalie somehow or just rip off a good enough shot then the the goalie you know there's nothing they can really do it's it's just it's you know uh, there's skill there's obviously skill but you know, it, it it it. I should say that it's as much luck as it is skill. You know, it's 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 a toss up really, and that's why you see so many of these uh, these shootouts. Like some of them are decided immediately, and some of them can go for rounds and rounds and rounds because a team can score, you know, three goals in a row, and then they can not score a goal for, you know, five, six, seven rounds, whatever. It, it, it's just it's i'm sorry i i just i kinda went off i i went off a little bit there but the the point is you're right it a tournament like that shouldn't be decided by something so uh arbitrary
0: exactly and and the other thing too about that is Gary and I have said this many and many a time to just let you know what the mentality of a good goalie is to and Carter Hart was the goalie for the uh team Canada and he was fantastic and uh, maybe I'm a little biased because my favorite wrestler was Brett the Hitman Hart, uh-huh. and he spells the name the same way, H-A-R-T. Uh, I'm, please, uh, any Canadian fans out there listening, I'm not being condescending. I'm being totally genuine. Um, I'm putting my USA heart on my sleeve away for now. Um, so to speak. So to speak. But um, he just made one mistake, if, and it wasn't even a mistake. He got beat through the five hole on an excellent shot. And that was it. One goal given up by either Carter Hart or Tyler Parsons was Team USA's goalie, And that's what determined it. So the reason why they got to overtime was that both goalies were standing on their heads. And the goals that were scored during the regulated game were phenomenal goals. I mean there, there, there was one shot that a Canadian player took that went top shelf on parsons. It was there was no angle. I don't I still have seen the replay of dozen times. I don't know how the puck went in because Parsons was perfectly positioned. He mm-hmm. cut off the angle, and the the puck still went in. So it just intense play end-to-end and, and great defense and wonderful offense, obviously, and a lot of passing. It was – oh, boy, it was I, so much fun to watch.
1: I, I feel for him because I've been there on uh, – and, and I've even talked to you about this. I don't remember if we've talked about it on the podcast. But, yeah, I've gotten beat on shots when I've said – how is that physically possible <laughs> like you yeah. eliminate every corner and uh, you know it still somehow finds its way past you it's it's just it's that honestly as a goalie that's not even a case of you tip your hat to the the guy it's how did you do that <laughs> like what just happened
0: yeah really so, like you said, it's it's we're we're not downplaying any of the skill of any of these wonderful players on any level of ice hockey, but it is a lot of of luck involved. Because I've even heard that a, a no, numerous times in post game interviews and things like that, where they asked a player, "Were you shooting for that particular spot?" And he said, "No, I was going top shelf, and it went through the the wickets or something." So. Mm. You know, for as skilled as these guys are and, and, and as trained as they are, that happens. So that's not fair. But uh, Carter Hart really to, to put all of that weight and pressure on his shoulders. And I believe the uh, tournament MVP was Canadian defenseman Thomas Chobot. He won the MVP of the entire tournament and he got stonewalled by Tyler Parsons as well. Mm-hmm. So then you take those two guys that had just phenomenal Excellent tournaments, and then if you have to boil it down to those two unfair moments, I just don't think that's right. But anyway, I have no say in that. And uh, Theo Fleury was even quoted on Twitter saying that it shouldn't have come to it. Wasn't sour grapes either. He was. I felt that it was being honest and fair, but because uh, other people criticized Team Canada, well, they didn't mind when they won the gold a couple of years ago on shootouts or whatever the case is. But um, it was that takes nothing away from the tournament. And I think these players, when they look back on it, will see how well they did and how monumental the tournament was. And really, Team USA, they earned it. They earned it because it was on Canadian soil, and they were all by themselves. They slayed every dragon that they could have Mm -hmm. to win their fourth well-earned fourth World Junior Championship. So congratulations to Team USA. I
1: I just don't understand why this tournament would go to the shootout like why why would it be designed that way you know did, did the arena have a curling tournament later in the day that they just couldn't wait on like i don't you know why why would you design it you know i just I, I don't understand why it's not like the nhl where you know for the the playoffs you just play until there's a winner or even even if it you don't do it for the whole flash for the final for
0: yeah the exactly. final
1: game why can't you just play sudden death overtime
0: yeah. And, and overtime wasn't even a full 20 minutes either. It's like, it, it, make up your mind. It's true. It, it was like a regular game. Uh, and, and for the stakes being that high and for the dream matchup of the best team in team USA versus team Canada. And let's be honest, man. I mean, Canada was just unbeatable on any international level. Yeah. And just to, to put it in perspective, the country of Canada, no matter what uh, hockey team that they place, men, women, kids, anybody in between and, and whatever, uh, Canada won the last three of four Olympic tournaments, including the last two in a row. Mm-hmm. So gold medalists there. Yeah. The women. The Can- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not happy to say that either. Grumble, either. grumble. Yeah. The Canadian women won their last four Olympics in oh, a row. Yeah. So outdoing the men by four, four in a row versus just three of four. So you got to catch up there, guys.
1: You know what, though? <laughs> now that we have the Women's Hockey League here in America, hopefully yep. in the next few years, the quality of female hockey athletes will improve. Not that our girls haven't been pretty good as it is, but, you know, I, I remember uh <laughs> I forget if it was the last Olympics or the one before, but there was you know a really really close game between them and Canada. But um yeah, hopefully our level of play can can in, in increase and improve with that uh resource that now is uh is available to our girls. Sorry, please continue.
0: No, that that's excellent points because as we've said many a time, the 1980 Olympic team inspired so many American kids to play hockey and get better at it and have a lot of pride in the sport and your country. And that's what makes you better generation past generation. So that's what, I mean, you've heard that a million times too, when the The kids that won the 2017 tournament said the same thing. It's like the same thing with the 80s team and and they'll walk together forever because they're champions now and that's that. So you can never take that away from them. So you see that. It's inspiring and lets a kid know if you're playing high school hockey or or if you're playing roller hockey or whatever the case is, oh, geez, those guys did it. I have a chance too and then Mm -hmm. you get better. So exactly the same thing for the ladies, man. And uh, the uh, Team Canada just – I don't – Want to sound like sour grapes here, but they're embedded. I mean, hockey is in their DNA. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Team USA on any level is not far behind them either. And obviously, Sweden is up there, and Russia, for gosh sakes, sure uh, they, they've uh, they've had a heck of a stamp on, on on international hockey as well. So, you just to get to that level, you need to practice hard and, and raise your level of playability, and and uh, that's that's how you get better, and you're able to compete with these. Professionals, or, or or at least these players that have just don't know life without having a stick in his hand and skates on his feet, you know. So that's what mm-hmm. you need to do. So we we got your, you know, we're rooting for you for the ladies out there. And somebody has to stop the Canadian women, right? I mean, they can't win them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Canada also getting back to the men, they won the last two World Cups in a row, and this. Most recent World Cup back in September was in Canada, played as well. But they were undefeated; they didn't lose a game. So also for the getting back to the Junior Championships, Canada has a record 16 World Junior Championships. I believe that's a record. I, I'm not sure if Russia and the USSR combined um, may have more, but um, 16 is pretty ridiculous. To you know, it's four times what Team USA has, but. The weird thing is out of the five times Team USA has made the final, mm-hmm. they m- met Canada, I believe, three, including this past championship, and they beat them two games to one out of the entire meeting head to head for the gold. So that's pretty impressive, too, to, to step up when the stakes are that high and there's no tomorrow in, in one game. As well. There's, there's no series. So that, that's pretty, pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, sure. And uh and just before we wrap up, James, I just I want to ask you one thing. Just going back to Carter Hart, please, please, please tell me at some point in his career he has played for the Calgary Hitmen.
0: <laughs> yeah, <I'd laughs> because that, that
1: would, of course, make him Carter the Hitman Hart.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's just say he did because it, he had to have. All right. Okay, let's. I don't care if it's true or not, but if, I'll we'll look it up to make sure. But if he didn't, then he had better sign a contract now. Yeah, really? So, you know, that, exactly. Come on, now. It's just it's like having a team, the Undertakers, and not having the Dead Man himself show up, and <laughs> yeah, you know, our, our yeah. other favorite wrestler of all time.
1: Although the uh, you know the Cavs did have the Dead Man show up, and uh, LeBron James was not so welcoming. Huh. Oh, you didn't hear about that story? Oh, no. okay. So, basically, um, I think in the finals or the at least the playoffs last year, LeBron James was photographed wearing an Undertaker jersey, and I guess it kind of went viral. So, for their home opener when they like raised the championship banner or something, the Undertaker himself visited the team, the locker room before the game in full like dress. He was he was The Undertaker, he showed up and a lot of people took pictures and it was cool or whatever. And and then LeBron James refused to meet him. And after the game, he said something like, oh, you know, I I don't appreciate people trying to ride, get, you know, ride my coattails and get publicity off of me. So that's why I didn't meet him.
0: A.K.A. LeBron James was a big chicken and he was too afraid to see the dead man and look up to a man that could just squash him. So, yeah. okay." it's uh-huh. OK to admit that you're that you're a coward, LeBron. OK, yeah. I, Queen James, we should start referring look, to.
1: I, I know that LeBron James is a big deal in the NBA and, you know, he's he's pretty he's a pretty big celebrity in his own right. But I don't think The Undertaker, who's been one of the biggest stars in wrestling for the last 26 years, was showing up just to try and ride LeBron's coattails. He's got better things to do. I think he's he as you well know, the man is is big on respect and he probably saw him wearing his shirt and said, you know what, as a show of respect, I'm going to show up and and thank the guy personally. And, you know, maybe uh, we'll make a cool little moment, not like, oh, let me get in the papers, you know, (laughs) because honestly,
0: LeBron grow up. Uh, Right. And and one final nail to put in LeBron's coffin. Undertaker's not running around with any stupid Cavalier jersey with James on the back either. Thank you very (laughs) much. So uh, rest in peace there, LeBron. And check your ego at the door. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, um, an NHL would never be that stupid, by the way. But that's a whole other issue. Uh, Getting back to the um, World Juniors. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail the conversation. Did not know that's Carter Hart. And, and hockey and Bret Hart and Canada, they're all woven into one beautiful sweater, if you will. OK, I won't say jersey. No, but, I like um, it. I like it. Yeah. So uh, Thomas Chobot, again, who was the MVP of the tournament, was the first ever defenseman to earn that honor in the World Junior Championship history. So the Ottawa Senators cannot wait to bring that 19 year old man up mm-hmm. to get to the NHL and partner with Mr. Carlson That would be one heck of a dynamic duo on defense.
1: All right. And speaking of the Ottawa Senators, James, I just want to revisit a quick rebound shot here from last week. Last week on the podcast, I asked, where did the first NHL game take place? And I threw it out to you, the listener. I said, please, please let us know if you know, where did the first NHL game take place? And of course, none of you... Let us know, because you know as well as I do, just Google it. (laughs) You know, it's not your podcast, and you're not going to do my job for me, and I respect that. So I did Google it. And in fact, there are two candidates, because the the first two games took place on the same night, or the same day, actually. I don't know for a fact it was even nighttime, because I wasn't able to find a starting time for either game. But I guess it was 99 years ago or, you know, uh, 99 and a half, almost 100. It was eh, 99. It was December. So uh, it was December of um, 1917. So that's such a long time ago. So, uh, yeah, but there were there were no records as to the starting time. So the two candidates are in Ottawa. Um, The Ottawa Senators played, hosted the Montreal Canadiens. The Habs, oh wow, in one of the first NHL games, Montreal won, and the second candidate, and this is the one i 'm inclined to think would be considered if if you had to pin it down, would be considered the first official NHL game if only by virtue of the fact that they give credit for the first goal ever scored in the NHL, which was scored a minute into the game that was played in montreal the montreal wanderers was the Ooh. team versus the toronto arenas i guess that's how it's spelled and that it was the goal was scored a minute into the game so you know I, either they had the exact same start time and you know montreal just scored first or that game was earlier in in the day cuz the i think the first goal in the canadian senators game was like six minutes into the game or something like that so the 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 other game i'm just going to give them the edge so although interesting interesting story about the montreal wanderers they only played i think four nhl games and and that opening night game uh the, the first game in nhl history was the only game they ever won and the reason the club folded their arena, which they shared with the Habs, burned down. Ooh! And the Habs were able to play at a different arena, but the Wanderers decided to just pack it in. So that's, you know, the, the, that's your little bit of NHL history for uh, right here on the Hit the Deck podcast.
0: Thank you, the American Professor Rhino.
1: <laughs> no, no problem. <laughs> I, I am uh, I'm happy to oblige. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. Okay, so we wrap up another episode of Hit the Deck, episode 41. I sincerely hope that you have found it worthwhile. I thank you so very much for listening. I know James also appreciates it. I would encourage you to keep listening and to make sure you keep listening. Subscribe to this podcast if you have not already done so on iTunes and Stitcher and whatever other podcasting service you might get your podcasts from. Visit our page, our Podbean page at hitthedeck.com. Tell your friends, spread the good word about the Hit the Deck podcast, because as we said last week, we want to make this thing huge, and we need your help to do it. We are ever so much in your debt. We are also in the debt of Pops for being the voice of the podcast. We want to thank Anthony Sejazi for providing music for the podcast, the LIQ for sound effects. You once again for listening, because that's the most important thing that you listen and continue to listen. And, and really it's the only reason we do this. As I've said, please feel free to reach out to us. If you have anything you'd like to reach out to us about, start a conversation, correct us on something. If there's a topic you want to talk about, if you want to come on the podcast and talk about your league, Shoot us an email at hitthedeck at gmail.com. And just to clarify, because I have not done so in a while, even though it says it right there in the title of the podcast, I want to just remind you deck is D E K. So if you type hit the deck D E C K, you are not going to get us. So hit the deck D E K at gmail.com, hit the deck pod on Twitter, uh, hit the deck on Instagram and Facebook. And James. Is there anything that I've forgotten?
0: Absolutely not. You nailed it all. But uh, before I sign off, I just want to wish my dad a very happy birthday. When uh, Gary uploads this podcast, it will be my father's birthday is January 13th. So I love you, Dad. Happy birthday.
1: Happy birthday, Mr. (laughs) Sejazi. Thank you for raising such a wonderful, upstanding son. I could not do the podcast without him. And to you, the listener, to you, Mr. Sejazi, I'm not so worried about. To you, the listener, I just want to remind you, you know, we talked about at the beginning uh, that the weather's been all over the place, it's, it's, you know, it can be very frustrating. You don't know how to dress, you don't know what to expect when you leave the house. You know, you can, you can get a little bit on edge, but remember, when you're out there playing the game, even if you didn't dress correctly, you're sweating, you're freezing, whatever, Try and keep right in the back of your head. It's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. No, that's perfect. great. That, that's that's perfect. Yeah, perfect. What do you need me for? You can do this yourself. <laughs> yeah,
0: <you're... laughs>
1: uh, I've just been riding your coattails for the last year, James. Right to the ground.